Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of Rabbit Hole Stories. We've got two very special guests, our first dual guests here today from the Bitcoin Racing team. We've got Charlie and Jason. How are you doing, gents? Oh, absolute uh, pleasure to be here. It really is. So uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's our absolute pleasure, Jason, and you also, Charlie. And um, we, I'm, I'm trying to think how we can go uh, go with this, but I think we just go with the flow uh, <laughs> because we're all about Bitcoin rabbit hole stories here, but we've got the two of you here today. So um, if I just kick off by saying what we usually ask guests is to sort of give us their Bitcoin origin story. What is it that they discovered when they, dis- how did they discover Bitcoin, why they stayed in the ecosystem and what is it they're doing now in, in the Bitcoin ecosystem? So if I just kick that out there and then let it land to either you or uh, you Jason or, or Charlie and you just kick off with, with wherever you want to go okay all right well I'll take this one Charlie um, because uh, obviously your story ties in very nicely with the Bitcoin uh, racing story so uh, I'll, I'll sort of tell my personal story first of all um, so I discovered Bitcoin fairly early on about 2013 uh, in a newspaper article in the days when you used to still read newspapers and um, I, I misread it and I do talk about this quite often. Uh, I misread it as Britcoin, uh, which, of course, is uh, something which is creeping back into the vocab these days for all the wrong reasons. Um, and I thought it was a British invention of um, some sort. But um, then I started to uh, uh, look into it a little bit more and I, I researched online. And, of course, I, I think you guys have been around for a while as well. So anything that you Googled at that time was very technical, very badly written, very badly informed, and usually very negative. So uh, what really sort of finished me off was I Googled what do uh, economists think of Bitcoin? Uh, And of course, I had this slew of really negative answers. Uh, So I decided they obviously knew what they were talking about, and I didn't. So I I bowed out of my, my Bitcoin journey at that point. Um, roll then forward to the end of 2016, 2017. I had been keeping an eye on it uh, and I noticed it had been moving and there was still some stuff going on about it. So I thought, right, I'm, this time I'm going to research it properly. Uh, and so I did. Um, and then um, realized that this thing is is massive. It's going to change everything. I need to be involved. So I bought my first Bitcoin um, uh, and I can't remember how much it was. No, it was only a few hundred bucks, I think. And um, and just started to do the research. Um, then I really got into mining by the end of 2017, built a rig. Uh, and I still had some internet cafes. I had you saw in a chain of them back in the day. Um, so we were mining <laughs> with, the, with the machines there. Um, obviously not Bitcoin at that point, but we're mining through NiceHash. And um, then started, um, got involved with large-scale mining. And basically realized, look, I've got to be involved with this full time. So I sold my businesses and decided I'm going to be involved with Bitcoin. Had no idea how, but I just knew that I had to be involved with it. Um, and, and that's that's what I did, really. I just uh, started writing about it, wrote, wrote a couple of books, uh, and then started writing articles. Then that led to getting involved with quantum economics and becoming a Bitcoin analyst there, which led to sort of media stuff, uh, being on the speaker circuit, and ultimately um, to various other projects, one of which, of course, is Bitcoin racing. Uh, and I'm going to bow out there for my story wow. and, and hand it over to Charlie. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, well, my my story is very different, and um, we, I always say it started in two thousand and eight, but that's obviously before Bitcoin was even invented, and uh, it's not because we got involved when Bitcoin was less than a penny to buy, unfortunately. Um, 
But what happened to my family was we were involved in the um, in the financial housing crisis and it affected us really badly. So um, it resulted in my mum losing three restaurant businesses. My grandparents lost a very a, a beautiful, stunning home, a Georgian house, which it's always been my goal to try and buy that back one day. But inflation is just doing me over right now. Uh, you know, we lost all our cars and things, but somehow managed to keep part of the house that me and my family live in at the moment. Um, and my mum went from being director of three restaurants to becoming a school cook and paying the mortgage of a five bedroom house on the wage of a school cook is very difficult. Um, but somehow she managed to do that. Um, but we only ever managed to pay off the interest and never any of the principal sum. And then, you know, we get go years, years on like this, just managing to get by. And then it got to March 2020. And we received a letter from Lloyds Bank saying they, they were going to repossess our home in four years time. So the kind of, um, uh, well, we didn't much like that thought very much losing another family house. And my mum basically called a family meeting and she, she asked us to discuss our strengths and weaknesses um, in the hopes that we might start a new business together as a family or find something that we can do together to save the family house. Um, we looked at starting new restaurants, but we was really lucky that we didn't because in 2020 in March, it was just before lockdowns came along. So our new restaurant would have been shut down. Um, we looked at hiring a warehouse to do Amazon distribution, but we didn't feel we had the skills. Um, my line of thinking was different. I wanted something easier. So just a nice investment that would just go to the moon. <laughs> and um, uh, I, I knew that um, during recessions, you get wealth transfers, obviously, because my family was on the negative side of one. Um, and in 2020, during COVID, people's businesses being closed, money being printed, it felt like the recipe for another recession. So I just Googled, how do I get my family on the positive side of a recession? And that's how we started learning about hard money. Um, and it was a documentary called The Hidden Secrets of Money, where we learned all of these um, crazy things that no one in my family had ever even heard about before. No, no school had ever taught us. And um, we then got kind of led into Bitcoin through that series. It was one of the later episodes, but it starts off talking about Hedera Hashgraph or something. So we got a bit conflicted. And also that series focuses on gold as well. But we liked Bitcoin because basically it's outside of the system that caused us all of those problems we had before. And it helps us realize that we need to get away from the modern financial system and embrace something new. Um, and amazingly, we would have actually, based on the investment we made, we would have saved the house. But now we're very conflicted because we want to keep hold of the Bitcoin because of the scarcity and the future potential that Bitcoin has, you know, opposed to a property. So we're in a funny situation right now, trying to figure out what the best plan is. But I'm voting for Bitcoin. My mum is more on the side of the house, but we'll see. Maybe I'll end up on the streets. <laughs> but with your Bitcoin. Exactly. A nice <laughs> hardware wallet keeping me warm. I <laughs> just about to say the typical Bitcoin meme where like the guy is wearing probably like a bin bag, yeah. whatever, but he <laughs> exactly. still has his coins. Um, yeah, I'll be also on the side of, I'll keep the Bitcoin and, get rid of the house but like obviously there's an emotional attachment exactly. to it 
Um, quite two different stories of how you guys got on, and I think it symbolizes the the best case example for Bitcoin because it unites us all. When did the Bitcoin racing thing become become real? Was it an evolution out of um, we discovered Bitcoin, we got on board? Were you already racing, Charlie? What, what's the story there? Well, my dad has been into racing and cars for his whole life. And he was always that cool young lawyer who always had a much nicer car than all of his peers. And he'd make all of his mates jealous. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, he loved racing anything to do with cars and he he has done racing at quite high levels before um but obviously it's extremely expensive and when two boys come along you know that that there's a big cost associated with that um but he used to take us go-karting me when i was six sorry my brother when he was six me when i was eight so we started quite young and we've just shared that passion together um but you know, after we discovered Bitcoin and we learned more about it, we I think lots of people reach the phase where they either want to work in it full time like Jason or they'd like to find a way that they can give back and help spread that message to other people. And we knew that we had as a family this small race team. It was It's running in a championship called the City Car Cup. We just had one car, um, very low level, not really too many viewers, but a really exciting and unique way to us to be able to do our bit to promote Bitcoin. So we we converted the cars to a Bitcoin standard. We took in some of the other drivers in the championship who were doing a very good job near the front of the pack, and we, we brought them into the team. Um, and, you know, we that first year, we drove 5,000 miles across the UK in a big transporter with a massive Bitcoin logo on it to various tracks. We entered 20 races and... You know, the the Bitcoin logo is coming to a race circuit near you because of us. And it just gets people thinking about it, asking the right questions. It it puts it back at the for forefront of their minds again in a more positive and unique way rather than um, hearing the same old negative stuff that comes through the media all the time. Um, and obviously, as part of the team's plan and ambition, it's been to advance the race team to bigger series where they have much more viewers but also to present that that Bitcoin message in an authentic and family-oriented way to help other families um, learn the same lessons that we did so that in the next financial crash, the same thing doesn't happen to them as it did to us. What opportunities um, do you have when you're out there um, representing um, your team and, and, and Bitcoin? Do you get much interest um, or uh, or questions from from people from other teams? Um, and and how do you go about promoting or orange pilling people out on the circuits? Yeah, it does happen. Uh, I mean, obviously, the championship. I, I'm I'm driving this year in that championship. This is my rookie year as a driver at age 52. I suddenly thought, you know, if I'm ever going to do it, I better do it now, right? So I got my license. Go uh, got Jason, my license yes. in February. <laughs> and uh i've uh you know we're, we're several weekends in and it's it's gone pretty well so far apart from the little incident at the, at the last uh last uh last track um but uh but yeah so it's fairly intimate uh, this thing they are streamed on youtube um but the coverage isn't massive so because it's fairly intimate you do tend to know people quite well we see the same drivers the same crews um sometimes even the same spectators because there's quite a following a little cult following that follows us around so you are able to have one-on-one -on -one conversations and they do vary 
quite a lot uh, in, in terms of sort of quality and, and outcome, what have you. But, you know, with the right people to, to speak to, we're all sort of approachable and we'll talk about Bitcoin till the cows come home, like, like all of us here. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a great way to do it. Now, we did run a car in a higher championship this year. And that's quite a different experience because this is obviously far less intimate. There's a lot of people there. So you get a much more uh, sort of, uh, you don't get as much direct feedback, but you do have people asking the question, you know, what is that Bitcoin? Who's is Bitcoin sponsoring this? Who, who who runs Bitcoin? Who's the CEO? Who made that decision? You know, so you get these questions, and of course, they're the questions we asked right back in the day. So you know where they're coming from, right? And of this course, just so yeah. happens that we can uh, that we can we can try and answer them uh, for people. Yeah, and there, there is another there's another aspect of how you know motorsports can actually help people start at least thinking about it and things like brand awareness and uh, they are hard to measure the return on investment in a way if if you're a sponsor coming onto a car how can you measure the impact of return on investment and stuff and that's actually very difficult but having the bitcoin logo just out there and in the porsche carrera cup for example in front of 40,000 people per race weekend tv time as well having having that logo out there associated with something positive like racing uh, is is a good thing because usually people's first touch points are bitcoin uses stupid amounts of energy or bitcoin's going to kill the planet in a few mm. years but if you actually have it associated with a sport you love or something positive people people approach it differently and it, and, and having 40,000 people seeing that logo ride by them they're going to start thinking about it again. And it's been presented this mm. time in a positive way. So, you know, just the brand awareness stuff that we've obviously put the logo in front of tens of thousands of people, be it through transporting the cars to different racetracks, having them on YouTube or even ITV in the UK. That impact we can't measure, but there is still an impact to be had there. So I can't tell you how many people have gone down the rabbit hole because they've seen their favorite race car um, mm. with a Bitcoin logo on it, but I'm sure that some have. And and that's why we want to be moving up the ranks and getting it out to more people. And that would be cool, thing... though. It, it used to come, I reckon we'll hear stories where people say, well, I saw it on this race car once. I can't, I can't remember who these yeah. guys were. And, and I now started reading about it. And, that's, <laughs> and you'll have someone on this podcast uh, saying... So yeah, that's how it started, and I misread it as as Bitcoin on this car. That's right, uh, and, it, and it went from there. <laughs> and I think with other things with brand awareness as well, if you you're more likely to choose a brand that you have seen more often. Mm. So in terms of Bitcoin versus shitcoins, hopefully it means people who have seen Bitcoin more will will choose Bitcoin instead of the tens of thousands other disasters out there. <laughs> yeah, and. And, and I guess it it really works also in terms of how Bitcoin has gotten to where it is. It is a grassroots movement. And if, like, I'm a big Formula One fan. If I turn on Formula One, like, I saw FTX and, I don't know, Phantom on, like, AlphaTauri and, and Mercedes and all of that crap. Um, and so you kind of get that, oh, it's an elitist thing. Whereas what you guys do is you start at the bottom, literally from what I've heard, like I guess there's go-karting and then the lower leagues, and uh, you actually bring Bitcoin into the conversation. And is it like a good fit? Because 
if I think about motor racing, I think a lot of people also have negative aspects to it. You know, art still uses fossil fuels and all of that crap. Um, I guess there, if people are interested at the racetracks, they're probably easier to orange pill than normies watching at home on their couch. Or is that just just too much wishful thinking from my end? No, no, you're absolutely right. So that that at, at the track, you can have these conversations and you can have quite good long conversations, particularly in the lower championships. At the high level, you have to have some kind of funnel, some kind of follow-up. Uh, and that's that's part of what we do as well, because some of the other projects I'm involved with are, are helping people get started with Bitcoin. So they're about educating people uh, in Bitcoin, so particularly the Bitcoin hodlers uh, group uh, and system that we, you know, it's a telegram group designed to help people um, go through that learning process, ask whatever questions they want. So that's why we teamed up with Bitcoin Racing to provide that on-ramp for people. So they've got somewhere to go ask those questions oh by the way listen to this podcast read this book um and this is this is interesting as well so yeah you're absolutely right you have to have some kind of follow-up um to make that work and we're getting better at that as well because it was all a bit you know stuck together with string and cello tape to start with and this is gradually getting better and better as time goes on yeah no i was just going to say really quick point if you if you look at like consumer insight information from different types of championships like nascar for example um people are more likely to look into the brands that sponsor or are associated with racing because they know that it's the sponsors who provide the financial oil to keep the cars going. So their favorite sport is happening because of the sponsors involved and therefore they're much more likely to look into them, use them and start getting to know what they do. So um, actually people, like you said, People involved in motorsports probably easier to orange peel because they may be thinking, oh, Bitcoin's involved somehow. And now I get to see a Porsche Cup car on the grid. And Bitcoin is somehow assisting with this. So I want to learn more. And I appreciate Bitcoin because it's allowing my favorite sport to be taking place. And obviously, it's kind of back backward way of looking at it. It applies much more to sponsors, but it would still start people looking into it, if that makes sense. Totally. And it kind of feeds into what I was going to ask in the sense that, Joel, when you mentioned uh, the likes of FTX branding on, on cars and things like that, and obviously we know what happened with all that, but um, I'm, a lot of people do get confused and they conflate Bitcoin with, with FTX. And I'm wondering whether there is any uh, work to be done in, in relation to trying to get people to understand that Bitcoin is its own standalone entity and it's not associated in any way with the other exchanges or crypto cars that might be running alongside Bitcoin. Is there any anything that can um, be done in that regard or any thought process that you guys have in that? In that? Yeah, I mean, that's it's a massive thing. I mean, we, we could probably just spend three hours on that one <laughs> question but you're absolutely right because you know I, I think all of us do it i think we've all been guilty of this is that when we first discover bitcoin because we don't understand it yet we tend to then go for the other coins oh that's the next bitcoin that's better than bitcoin until you really understand why bitcoin is completely different from anything else and that takes time it really does and of course so you've got to be patient with new people because they're doing exactly what you did right so um, so you've got to remember that um but we've i mean as a team we've made a decision we are a bitcoin racing team right so we will only partner with companies that are dealing with bitcoin right so we we you know if we were if we went out to get sponsored by crypto 
frankly, it'd be quite easy because all of these commons, as you know, they're they're owned in somewhere or centralized, or there's a foundation, a decision maker. You know, there's not a CEO of Bitcoin that we we can go to. So we we can use the brand, but we have to find that sponsorship through companies related, but very specifically related um, with with Bitcoin. So that's how we cope with that. It's probably a little bit subtle, and there's going to be have to do. We're going to have to do more work to, to try and make that differentiation. We are we are working on the um, Bitcoin hodlers thing, Jason, and it is part of the plan now to to up our game in terms of the education side and the actual supporting people through the correct journey. Um, and Jason will speak more about the Bitcoin hodlers group, but as a summary, it's basically a Telegram channel where you have a mixture of newbies and experts and anyone can come in and ask about bitcoin if anyone brings up a shitcoin we have police on hand to, to to stop those discussions happening and actually there's a lot in, in a nice way. way in a nice way right because you got to remember again that's what we were like <laughs> right so this right, is the difference right, right? so we don't, we don't come around your house and, and club you right <laughs> just do it in a nice <laughs> way so now things have been really hectic for us trying to advance the team and you know, get from the bottom rungs to a very high and elite level is is not an easy thing to do. And um, in fact, has, has made us have to compromise slightly on the educational side that we are offering. But now, um, given the time we have between the new season in 2024, we're really focusing on getting our educational piece um, fully organized. And from now on, we'll be, we're gonna have a QR code on the truck where people can um, gain entry to the Telegram group and ask questions. They'll be on the cars and people we speak to, we'll also direct them to that group as well. So that's just a summary, but Jason is obviously, um, he he manages this this particular, um, what's the word for it? Particular project, there we go. <laughs> community, yeah. we call it a community. But I mean, to be honest, Charlie, you've summarized it perfectly. There's very little I need to add to that. I mean, it's as simple as that. So you can just join it. Uh, and I said, we teamed up a lot with, with Bitcoin Racing to do this. Because remember, those guys were racing before I discovered them. Um, and I just thought the message is fundamentally the same. What we're trying to do is get, get the logo out and get the education out. So let's join forces. It, it just makes sense. And then one thing, you know, led to another, as it always does, particularly after a few beers down the pub, next thing you know, I'm driving the car and decision making the team as well, which is, which is brilliant. No regrets and, at all on that one. And if you guys are happy for us to um, share the link to the uh, Telegram group, we'll happily put it in, in the show notes sure for you guys yeah, as well. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. So you mentioned you only work with Bitcoin company sponsors and like I do see a Bukele 24 hat next Ooh. to Charlie and a uh, El Salvadorian flag <laughs> behind Jason. Um, you're also involved with El Salvador, the country, essentially. Um, can you maybe dive down how that evolved um, or what sort of the ideas is to also use the first and so far one of the better countries to adopt the Bitcoin standard mm. in the Bitcoin racing team? Jason, I'll pass to you. Uh, I mean, I, I oh. will pass over to you, Charlie, on this. But I mean, you're absolutely right because you know this is this is a key part of who we are as a team. Uh, and actually, we have skipped over it so far. So I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Bikaley, but we, we won't do it again. Uh, we'll get it absolutely right. Um, but the, I mean, these guys are already having some initial conversations uh, with quite senior officials uh, in, in El Salvador at the time. 
uh, when I when I when I joined the team, then I I, I travelled out there with them, uh, and maybe you can take that up from there, Charlie, because I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> well, I think you always do a really good job of describing it, but I can I can start, and then you can add where you like. Um, but yeah, essentially, after we started the team, um, El Salvador shortly made Bitcoin legal tender, and we thought, you know, we need to get this synergy going, and it would make sense to have the El Salvador flag on the car. And actually, it was my mum's idea to do that. So hats off to her. I don't really say that too often. So she needs some credit there. Um, and basically, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well done, mum. Basically, we just rocked up to the embassy um, in Mayfair and we spoke to the ambassador and told her, we'd like to put your flag on four race cars. What do you think? And she sends off um, all of the documents we shared with her and all the information to the presidential office. And then it comes back with permission that we can now run the flag on the car and promote their country as well through motorsports so that was amazing um, and they also introduced us to this Salvadorian racing driver called Sebastian um, and he had actually just gone through this really amazing opportunity of featuring on a Netflix show and she was telling us you need to get him driving for you you've got the flag on the car you can have an El Salvadorian driver and he's going to have millions of followers. He can promote Bitcoin. He can promote the country. It will be the best synergy. And we obviously love the idea. Um, and down the line, we we're invited to the country. And we met with literally, I met the vice president at one of the meetings. And I, I, I spoke to him about the um, British Touring Car Championship, which is the Porsche Carrera Cup is involved in the British Touring Car Championship. So I presented that prospectus to him, which was... <laughs> pretty nerve-wracking um I oh got no it yeah <laughs> his secretary <laughs> stole it from me um but i couldn't say no <laughs> and um yeah well we met <laughs> other people department of tourism the vice minister of foreign affairs the the minister of sports um and they all just love the idea and the really cool thing was that they we presented them when we first met them, a small city car cup team, which is completely irrelevant championship. It's a Citroen C1, but they didn't care about that. They had no judgment. And I think that's really cool. Like they didn't say, oh, we don't want our flag on a rubbish little C1. We want to be with the big guy. Right. <laughs> Can you stop yeah, dissing oh, my car? It was uh, mine before you. <laughs> and then you yeah, there's nothing wrong with a Citroen. <laughs> I love that car. You know, I mean, they are yeah, they are so much fun. Can you treat it with fun. more respect, please? <laughs> okay, touche. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, as part of the the progression from C1 to higher championship, we were speaking with the country a lot about that. And El Salvador, is it's important for them now to go through this rebranding from um, highest murder rate capital in the world, not safe for tourism, to safest tourism in the world and most beautiful. And being associated with all the positive attributes of racing, a very cool brand ambassador, Netflix celebrity. These are all things that could assist them in that journey to presenting the country in the new way and uh, taking people's minds away from all the negative things that used to be there. Um, and we, we, we did work closely with the Department of Tourism in our stint in the Carrera Cup. So we had the logo for uh, Visit El Salvador on the car, flag on the Porsche as well, and the Salvadorian driver in the car. Um, 
So that's the summary there. Jason, did you want to add anything? No, again, you've covered everything nicely. I mean, obviously, I've been out there twice now as well to, to meet with the same officials. Uh, we were actually presented to uh, the parliament um, in the wow. uh, Assemblia Legislativa uh, in, in San Salvador. Uh, so actually, I was, sitting, I was sitting there. I think this is amazing. This is the room the law was passed in. Uh, right. And you could see yeah. them all sitting there. Uh, and honestly, I did. I got... I got goosebumps sitting there. I just thought it was it, it was so cool. And this is all through a little racing team with with big ambitions, uh, just to do the same thing effectively that El Salvador wants to do, which is get this message of Bitcoin out there. But also in their uh, from their perspective, as Charlie said, just say to people, look, this is a cool country to come to. And I can tell you, it mm. absolutely is. Uh, and we absolutely love it. We'll be going back out as, as soon as we can. And you know, it's a very safe place, but the hope in people's eyes is is, is genuinely moving um, because they've been had such a terrible time for years, decades, and suddenly there are people like, oh, I can run a business. I, I can go to the shops. Mm. I, I can go to this area of San Salvador that's been off limits for 10 years, uh, and now there's music mm. and dancing. I mean, it, you mm. can't – it's hard to explain, but it, there's a real kind of passionate edge to it. And, and they now have an opportunity to, to become part of the Western world, let's call it, because we had um, uh, Pierre on last week who told us that his El Salvadorian business, um, obviously you need a bank account, and to get that bank account onto the SWIFT network, he has to wait six months. With Bitcoin, all they have to do is download that wallet, ideally self-custody wallet and all of these things and they can basically request money from anywhere in the world it doesn't really matter where they're coming from instantly at a very low cost compared to what you pay with the banks and i think these little stories are the ones we as bitcoiners need to put out because we've mentioned this a few times onto the show we do have a bitcoin culture but let's face it we're the nut shops at like 3 a.m in a pub telling you why the financial system is fucked and how to get out of it which is all true right but like for a normie they're kind of sitting there go like either he had shrooms or he's just wasted and does something else throughout the whole day um and to have this have this use case like hey this country in the middle of um in central america adopted as legal tender tourism has improved safety has improved you can pay for your drinks at the beach with bitcoin or if you choose to go for a racetrack in england you can also interact with people who bring Bitcoin to the people and not just make it an investment, if that makes sense. And I think props to you guys for coming up with the idea and also being courageous enough. Because I imagine it's... Yeah, yeah exactly. Hats <laughs> off to Charlie's mum. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll clip this, Ian, and post it yeah. everywhere on social so <laughs> it gets maximum exposure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess it's not been easy in the beginning or um, has there also been some negative feedback in terms of, you know, if you wanted to go up to um, uh, different leagues, different competitions that people went like, yeah, you know, shut up and keep driving or whatever. Or has it always been very, very positive? That's a, that's a good question. Well, I, yeah, I mean, Charlie, again, I think you might be better qualified to answer that, but I think the one point I would make is is that's largely irrelevant to what we're going to do anyway um, because, uh, you know, Honey Badger doesn't care, right, as, as we always say, and, and Bitcoin is Bitcoin. And the reality is whether even we agree with it, it's here, it's going to stay, it's going to grow. Um, so it's kind of kind of relevant to what we want to do. But we just want to make sure we get the message out and we want to get it right and we want to help people understand it, you know, what's and all of, of where this thing is going and why it's important to understand. Um, but from a team-specific point of view, Charlie, that's quite an interesting question, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, um, during a bear market and things, obviously, as I said, it takes um, it takes money to to race in these high levels. And um, we said when we were going to start this that we would be honest and tell you the true journey. Uh, obviously, Bitcoin is honest, so we'll talk about how the Porsche Carrera Cup came about and. I'm happy to speak about all those numbers. I think, Jason, if you're happy with that, we can do that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. So let's do it. These numbers are yeah. a little bit eye-watering, <laughs> by the way. So you better sit down. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so about three days before the Carrera Cup started, we kind of got confirmation that it would be actually be possible for us to make an entry, join a team with a car, and actually get into the championship. Um, and the way we did that was we got let down by a sponsor early on who said we can only pay 20% up front and that wasn't going to be enough for us to um, pay the entry fee for Porsche, which was, I think, £27,000. So it's only one American. You can, Plus that. I don't know what the exchange rate is, but yeah. it makes it much uglier number. <laughs> um, yeah. But amazingly, just um, we've got this very good friend of the team who is – quite high net worth individual and he agreed to lend us the entry fee money and some to go on to race and so as the team members we actually backed that loan ourselves um so essentially we are as a team and a family paying for the porsche cup um but it was a, a favorable loan we've got a long time to pay it back um we also procured a sponsorship um, from a company called Monochrome Bitcoin Trust, which is an Australian ETF. Um, it's run by the former CEO of Binance Australia, and he absolutely loves Porsches, motorsports, and he supports it in a big way. And um, it was really kind of him to get involved with us. Um, and we also had some money due in from a place I'm probably not allowed to mention. Um, Jason, you can take over in a sec, but that was also delayed. So it made it, it made the whole thing difficult. Um, one sponsor said, we'll pay you a 20% upfront and the rest some terms later, it was a complicated thing. Another one has been very much delayed. So actually it meant that we had to withdraw from the competition. Um, but, you know, as a family, we were happy to take that risk we want bitcoin to be there we're happy it was out in front of eighty thousand fans um we love bitcoin that much that you know if everything goes wrong for the team we'll still be pleased that we managed to get the car out there on the grid and hopefully it had some impact which we think it did you know based on the discussion we had earlier um but yeah we're, we're now trying to get our ducks in order before the championship starts not three days before so this is where we want to have that's yeah, not it's a good not idea, a good by idea. the way. Don't do that. That's really not yeah. clever, right? So we've got a more modest target. It's the 2024 JCW Mini Challenge. It's within the British Touring Car Championship as a support race. They're 300 horsepower, front-wheel drive, sequential gearbox cars. Um, the, the audience numbers are absolutely massive. 60 million on TV, 400,000 spectators a year. Um they get about 10 million hits per season on their social media account and stuff. So it is a significant championship, but it's also a lot cheaper than the Carrera Cup. And we said we were going to talk numbers. So that's looking, a full championship would be about £200,000 for a full year. And that's about 30 grand a race weekend. 
so you can imagine like it got a bit stressful having to look for 30 grand installments um which is basically the average wage in the uk so <laughs> it definitely mounted up on me i was like blimey we've got to go out there and try and find sponsors for this and that's uh you know that's a nice average wage to be honest um but now the city car cup in comparison it's seventy-five thousand for a full year we've we've got some funds already in place some sponsors one of them's called nexus point who have come on board we've had some amazing discussions with some actually pretty big companies a few stock exchange listed companies who we're really hoping will come and help us this year round um, and we won't have to worry about procuring money we can focus on doing the education properly and you know doing everything right rather than having this massive weight on our shoulders so so 2024 it should be a nicer year for us we're hoping <laughs> yeah and that's the key point actually charlie because you know you want to solve the money problem um because as charlie says you know we, we spent all our time trying to solve the money problem rather than actually getting the bitcoin message out i mean we still got it out because it was on the car and we did some promotional material what have you but of course in retrospect we say well actually if you take care of the money thing we can really go to town with this because and we're really creative and slightly crazy and like to do really you know uh, oddball stuff if we can to promote bitcoin in any way shape form so if we're freed up to do that um, you know, we can really work with our partners and sponsors to uh, to to get seriously creative. You know, on, both on the track uh, and uh, and all the social media that that's linked to it. And I guess you guys know the minis, the JCW mini. I saw Joel uh, mm -hmm. shaking his head, uh, nodding his head there. Um, and of course, it is a crazy, crazy championship. And and people watch it because, uh, frankly, there's quite a lot of incidents because these cars are super fast, very small, quite difficult to stop sometimes. And uh, there's, there's always something going on. Uh, <laughs> You know, a couple of minis in, crashing into each other or spinning off or something. So it's a very entertaining um, uh, championship as well. And I won't be driving that, by the way, because uh, um, <laughs> it should, should be made completely clear at this point. <laughs> I was just about, before Charlie explained it, to ask, is that is that 30 grand per weekend with the other cop before someone puts it into the wall? But like, um, <laughs> yeah, you've got to pay for tires, damages, everything else. You know, it's on on the drive or the team uh, to pay for that. Uh, so, you know, you can't say, well, I've got 30 grand for this weekend. Well, if you have an incident, then it's not going to be 30 grand anymore. It's going to be, you know, no, no, maybe definitely. double. Who knows? But, you know, it shows a great point, which I think we're sometimes missing in the Bitcoin ecosystem or in the social layers, because, like, everyone's shitposting on Twitter anyway. So, like, that's more on that front. Um, you do need money at one point to actually bring in change to the system, whether that be, you know, attention, brand awareness, like you guys do it, or whether that be... Uh, I don't think people should get into, you know, serious trouble to commit to the cause of Bitcoin. Like, if you still get paid by, I don't know, banks, fintechs to do your job, and you can actually take that money and put it into Bitcoin, contribute it to Bitcoin, that's a net positive for me. You shouldn't be a purist and sort of say, oh, if, if you know, if it has anything to do with this or that, we shouldn't do it. Because, yeah, we go up against a huge, huge thing, which is the legacy financial system and all of these institutions. So it does help sometimes to also think economically, I think, and not to always sort of put Bitcoin on the pedestal and um, try and figure out a way later on, um, which you guys are doing. And um, so I'm looking forward to um, hopefully seeing the Bitcoin racing or just a Bitcoin logo generally on TV next year. Um, hopefully on P1. I mean, that'd be amazing. 
<laughs> well, I have to say, one of our drivers, actually, we got, we're got we looking at a team of maybe three cars next year. I mean, none of this is confirmed. I just want to make that clear at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, that's our, our goal. One of those drivers, actually, is Charlie's brother, Chris, um, because you have to have to give a, a, a big up to him because he's he's consistently, uh, you know, in the in the top sort of levels of the C1 car. He's been racing for a few years now, and you know he's one of the guys that him and I will do the same lap on on a on a track, and it will come in. It'll be like, how is he five <laughs> seconds faster than me? And I think, I'm thinking I've just gone. I come in all sweating, and I've taken every corner I possibly can, and he comes in all casual and calm and have a cup of tea now, and uh, you know he's he, he's he's that good. He's just got that edge he's able to see the line far better than i am uh and uh, he can he can do it so uh and plus he's, he's just a thoroughly nice guy so to have him in in the car in the jcw mini section i think it's a natural move i think he's reached his limit now with the c1s and i think he'll do very well we've got another couple of drivers as well who are just at the moment earmarks and talking about they're also strong so the goal is not just to be in the championship but the goal mm. is also excuse me to be visible in the championship mm-hmm. and have some commentators talking about it and having the names out there and getting people, uh, you know, really involved. So that's 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 part two. Part one is in there. Part two is 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 win the damn thing. Nice. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Jason, I want to revisit um, your rabbit hole story if 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 that's okay. And, yeah, please um, do. Once once um, you overcame your accidental foreshadowing of uh, Bitcoin CBDCs and. After your um, reading of the economists' opinions on 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 Bitcoin, what was the hook for you when when you first sort of looked at it again? What was it that captured your interest um, specifically about Bitcoin at that stage? Well, do you know what? I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question in terms of something specific. I don't remember really a eureka moment for me anyway. Uh, I just knew that it was really cool. And I don't think I've been involved with the development of, uh, sorry, the adoption of the internet in the early 90s, right? So my, I worked for this little software company called Microsoft and um, a little startup. And um, Small fry. We, one of my, yeah, and I was I was brand manager there for, um, or one of them for, for, for the brand in the UK. But part of my role was going out and helping drive internet adoption and i've got to tell you i don't know if you guys know this or remember this but the objections to the internet are actually very similar to the ones we're seeing now so there's a lot of stuff about energy use there's famous headlines about you know throw another lump of coal on the fire because someone's ordered a book from amazon there was a lot of that going on Uh, a lot of people saying it was pointless it would just it was had no use case uh all of this stuff which you can't believe now but it was like that then. I was involved right with that at, at the cutting edge. And then suddenly to have kind of a second bite of the cherry, it just felt kind of cool. It's like, I mean, to do this twice in a lifetime to be involved with something is just super cool. So uh, I still get really passionate about it. But in, in Eureka moment, no. And I did the same as everyone else did. I went and bought XRP and, and Ether and, and Litecoin and, and a myriad of other crap um, thinking I was doing the right thing uh, and even wrote about some of them, I'm embarrassed to say, uh, before I started getting that. And I think the Eureka point is only when you realize there is that difference between crypto and Bitcoin. So it kind of came in a long roundabout way for me, I suppose. Uh, once you see that, you can't unsee it. And what about you, Charlie? How how uh, was there any specific moment for you, or is it just like a slow evolution, like Jason? <clears throat> I think when we 
we got through those first four episodes and we realized how dreadful that the site the financial system is and i didn't i didn't like the idea of thinking that every penny we've earned is being devalued and you make it worse by depositing more money into the bank like you actually make yourself poorer by giving the bank more money to go and lend out to someone and then cause more inflation and i did not like that at all so actually like 98 percent of my net worth is in bitcoin and luckily i've managed to keep hold of it after all these disasters we've been through recently which is which i'm quite amazed at to be honest being relatively new like we survived celsius BlockFi, and we did have money in those um but connecting the dots from what happened to us in 2008 and seeing how the system is so bad it's bound to happen again it comes in cycles and we just need to protect ourselves and get away from it that was the main thing for us um i think you know lots of people in you know the, the wealthier countries don't see the value in bitcoin because they've never had a negative financial experience but because my family had done it was easier for us to go into it um you know we don't live in a hyperinflationary country where bitcoin is an absolute obvious thing lots of people just get by they get the pay rises <clears throat> they can pay for the increased charge on avocados uh, they get a bit angry about it but they can afford it still somehow but there will come a point when they can't um, but for us luckily we had the negative experience first which allowed us to embrace it more uh, with open arms so i'm not i guess you're I think you got there quicker than I did, Charlie. I, 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 honestly, mm -hmm. I do, because I think that shock probably gave you more of a kick up the arse, we've got to take some action, whereas I'd come into it, oh, this looks interesting, yeah. and poked it with a stick then for a few years, you know. So, But as you said at the start, everyone's stories is so different, but I think you got there <laughs> I quicker think, than I Well, did. we were desperate at the same time. And um, to give credit to my dad now, you've mentioned mum, bring, bring my dad in. <laughs> he said check out bitcoin charlie so that's kind of he actually you know i don't mention that enough maybe i like the credit um i was the one who found the educational <laughs> materials to make it make sense um and obviously allowed them he, my dad was like 68 at the time and that the technology of just setting up a coinbase account which is unfortunately where we started uh, was all too much for him so i found the education and was able to help facilitate it and then we quickly moved to hardware wallets. And at the moment, I've got the nightmare of persuading him to move away from Ledger into a Bitcoin-only device, and he's scared <laughs> about that. And uh, But, yeah, credit mm. to him because he actually um, he mentioned it, and that's probably what focused me to go and look into that. And then I helped. So there you go, yeah, CT McKenzie. Right, right across the board between <laughs> between all of you, you've got you've got everything you need, right? So it was it was a no brainer to start start the racing yeah. team and then and then pick up <laughs> exactly. And it didn't stop. Come and play with it. Didn't you. stop <laughs> my parents. I managed to get the grandparents involved. My my sister, my brother, nice. um, my sister's fiance has been much more difficult, um, but he owns some Bitcoin. He's much more difficult though. <laughs> Um, my sister's kids, they've got some Bitcoin put to the side now as well. So I, I didn't let anyone in the family escape. My auntie, my cousin, I managed to get them all somehow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well done to you. That's no. not an easy task. So, yeah, no, that's, that's no, amazing. I probably just said, oh, guys, are going to get rich in a few years. 
<laughs> yeah, good, good. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we do start with the number go up technology, right? right? right that's kind right. of our starting point usually, and then we learn yeah, it later. That's how, right? that's how most people get into Bitcoin. They think, oh, I mean, maybe I can make a bit of money with this, and um, they start dabbling with all the other ones as well. And then it's a slow evolution into discovering why Bitcoin mm. is different. And it goes to uh, a testament to what you say, Joel. Um, you know, sometimes you have to get burnt before you realize uh, the the truth. And it, it seems that Charlie, you've you've gone through that. Mm. Uh, difficult journey um with the housing crisis and as has your family and uh i suppose in times of desperation uh, you have to kind of uh look into things a lot quicker yeah. and deeper than is if, if you're just curious about it so yeah props to you for doing all that um i wanted to sort of um make a point of the fact that I, I came across this book and it's nothing to do with this episode really uh, directly, but it, it sparked um, me to say in when you said you read an article, Jason, uh, by an economist um, writing FUD about Bitcoin. And there's a book out there at the moment called The Future of Money, I think it is. And it's by um, a guy who's a member of the WEF called um, mm. Ezwa Prasad. And he's like a, a world-renowned economist. And he talks about CBDCs and the future of, of, of money. And there's a whole section, there's a whole paragraph, uh, a whole um, a chapter, sorry, in that book uh, dedicated to Bitcoin. And it does a very, very good job, I've got to say, of describing exactly what Bitcoin is. It goes into the ins and outs of it and the, the fundamentals of Bitcoin. But all it is, is it's setting uh, up towards the end of the actual um chapter it introduces all the fud like the environmental mm. impact and um it's slow and it ignores all the uh, things that are happening on the lightning network and things like that and i do worry about um how um people do absorb the information from these economists because of um some sort of reputation they might have or knowledge about money uh, and how that might ultimately sway people away from from bitcoin um, any any views from anyone, including you, Joel? Yes, fax machine. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Krugman. Paul Krugman. He famously said the internet is never going to survive. The fax machine will always stay on. And uh, guess what? The only people who still use fax machines are probably Paul doctors, Krugman. I imagine. Yes. Oh, Paul Krugman, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, it's funny. When, when you explained it, Ian, and I, I knew exactly which book, I knew exactly which chapter. I was like, okay, he's going towards the fuck thing. So many of these economists underappreciate the fact that if people or civilizations standing with the backs against their walls, it's amazing what we can do as a species. Like Char Charlie is the best case example, right? They had to come up with a solution. They went down the rabbit hole. They found Bitcoin. Um, other people might as well, you know, build stuff because they had different miseries. Uh, miseries. We had um, Ray on, who's now part of building SIFKit because he had a horrible experience again with Paxful um, and with like previous companies. So he sort of relived these things. And I think the more this happens, the more it's just proof to me that Bitcoin in one way or another is inevitable, whether it is as a form of money, a protocol, a communications layer, whatever. Um and yeah, if they think it's going to eat up the world's energy, have a go at it. It won't. Um, we'll probably be more greener by 2028, I think, than what the whole banking world will ever be. So like, if they want to attack us, go for it, because every attack makes it stronger. And it speaks to your um, adoption of the internet um, comment you made, Jason, about the FUD that was going on around the times of the internet, right? 
Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I was, at, I was at events with Microsoft and people actually got angry uh, with us. I had one guy threw, we had the little CDs you used to give out. Do you remember those? You used to it on your computer and the guy actually threw it at me uh, in, in fury because of what we were, we, we were doing. And I just, you know, it was so bizarre. Um, but yeah, this disinformation, obviously misinformation, disinformation, whatever you want to call it, is, is a huge problem. It still remains a huge problem. There seems to be a whole new generation of misinformation, disinformation. Don't get me started on the green energy thing, because obviously as a miner, I'm heavily involved with this and the projects we're involved with are, you know, are provably beneficial um, to, to the environment. And one that's really getting my goat at the moment is obviously Greenpeace is, uh, you know, change the code campaign. You know, you can get away with one or two tweets because you probably you're not educated. But when you've had, you know, it's totally ratioed all of their their tweets are, and you only need a couple of the tweets to realise actually maybe we've got this wrong. Maybe we should research because these are really educated people, quite you know simply putting the case across, and it's just being ignored because of this you know this this XRP angle where they're being paid off <laughs> effectively by this five million dollar campaign to to do this, and it's. It's crazy, utterly pointless. And ultimately, it'll go down in, in history as one of those things. Oh, do you remember when Greenpeace did this? And they're actually campaigning mm. against the very thing, which will probably <laughs> yield more help than anything else they've been involved with ever. I mean, it's 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 crazy, right? Yeah, and what they were sponsored by Ripple as well, weren't they? That's um, it, $5 for the Scholar Satoshi yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm going to stop there because I will go off on one in a minute, so I'm just going to be quiet now. <laughs> Charlie, for you, is there anything you want to add? Well, I guess it's why we want to present the message in a positive and unique way uh, to just mm. detract from all that rubbish. And rather than the first touch point being an economist who's anti-Bitcoin or Greenpeace or something else, you know, they 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 first come into contact with a by something positive, um, and I think that's quite important because I also worry, you know, people we've seen through various crises that people can be very easily led and persuaded. They don't, mm -hmm. they never do the research. They, they accept things as facts um, without looking into things themselves. And I find that weird. And, you know, my, my time at university, we, we let's say, let's do a critical analysis of this, look into the research and, and write what's terrible about it and what, <laughs> what they haven't done right. And no one does that. And I, I find that really concerning, you know, what's the source of this information? What's the agenda? Why are they presenting it in this way? What do they have to gain from it? They just say, oh, economist, he's an expert. So he's telling the truth. <laughs> That's not good. Well, he's an expert maybe exactly. in fear thinking, and, and that's yeah. is, is a mindset yeah. change. And that's the thing that all of us here have gone through that mm. mindset change, right? You know, we started the number go up, I can make more fiat by trading this this Bitcoin, uh, it's, it takes time to, to mm. transition. So definitely, that, that's probably why, it, right? Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's like you say, Jason, we have to remember where people come from. And, you know, I just look at it, Ian and I had this off um, topic from this recording today once in Telegram, where we went like, we're probably going to have some form of comment which like, oh, you know, 
we had one guy commenting that he's not into digital currencies because the elite can take it away from us. And so I had to explain to him on like a Sunday, what was it, Ian? Sunday afternoon? Ian was out and about with the family. I was at home sort of keyboard worrying. Um, <laughs> and updating me live. I can't come down the pub because somebody's wrong on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honey, honey, you need to go out and shop for the food now. I still got to respond to this tweet. And... But, but, you know, we, we sort of were repeating ourselves, and that's just part of the cycle we're in now. Having said that, though, look at the coverage that's coming out now. I know, I know it sort of is the thing with um, uh, the mainstream media thing we often read about, but um, you do have some stuff where the narrative is changing, and I think we'll get there. It'll just probably be the next 30 years where we'll have to defend ourselves, but I think we'll inevitably get over that hump, just like the internet did now. Because everyone's using it these days. I had a guy who thinks Bitcoin's made by the CIA. CIA. Is that it right? Is that what you said, Jason? Oh, I've yeah. heard that mm. one before. Yeah, no. yeah, I've heard that one before. It just doesn't make sense, that question, because it just shows how little research you've actually put into it. Because if they did make it, they made a terrible mistake by giving up complete control of it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you have, it just shows that they, people don't do the research. They just hold on to these little things they see these little facts and actually this guy in particular thinks that bitcoin will have something to do with the central bank currencies and all the rest of it but luckily he's in that group chat i mentioned uh we've all been trying to help guide him and tell him that's not true and even if it was it doesn't really matter anyway (laughs) Mm. i think sometimes when people echo some of these things that they've maybe heard someone else say uh, they're just parroting uh, some of the the fud. It's it's because a lot of the time they used to be lied to and had been had over mm. right. And uh, there's always a catch. It's too good to be true. So I think I think that is a, a barrier for a lot of us when we're we're having discussions with people about what Bitcoin is and why it's different and why you know you need to get some as soon as you can. And um, a lot of people do are, are suspicious of of what is the catch. Uh, with with within the Bitcoin ecosystem, and I think for me personally, that is a difficult one to overcome. But before we uh, finish, I think we should uh, round up this this episode because we're we're running in good time here. Is there anything you guys want to add or say, or anything that you want to bring to the episode before we close it at all? What where can people find you on the socials? Uh, Twitter is Bitcoin underscore Racing, and Instagram is Bitcoin dot Racing. <laughs> um, those are the ones we use primarily. We do have a Nostra account, but I'm not very good at it yet. So we're working on that. <laughs> LinkedIn and all the other stuff as well. Um, I guess my my final message would obviously be a huge thank you to you guys. I've really enjoyed this one. And I think I love the, um, the focus of this particular podcast. It's got a nice human element to it, which is really cool. And you've done a great job. Um, in terms of our plans for 2024, we'd... Obviously, it's been a struggle for the last couple of years, but we'd love to um, work with some sponsors properly, make a plan, get some marketing stuff prepared in advance of the championship and make this a really uh, effective and useful marketing um, opportunity for people. So uh, we'd just like to invite anyone, if they've got a company or if they know anyone who's got a company that might like to be involved, come and chat to us. We'll talk to you about how we can activate the partnership to bring a return on investment, talk about the benefits, the association with El Salvador, which will very much come into play and all the other things. And let's get creative and make it worthwhile.
That's brilliant. And guys, if you're hearing uh, this or watching it, go to the show notes where all the links to all the information you need is there for you. Guys, thank you so much for your time. I know time is valuable and uh, thank you very much for sharing it with us here at Rabbit Hole Stories. And uh, we'll see you guys. Thank you.